Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Calling us from my home state, my old stomping grounds, the state of Maryland. We have Ray Bolger on the phone. Ray, thanks for calling and being on the Law Enforcement Today show. Thank you, Jay. It's my pleasure. Now, are you calling us from Annapolis, Maryland? Is that where you're at? Yep. Uh, I'm based in Annapolis. This is where I was born and currently work from. Okay. Well, you don't have that strong of a Maryland accent. For those who don't know, I retired from the Baltimore Police Department. Napa's about 45 minutes down the road. Great town. A wonderful spot in the capital of the state of Maryland. And uh, great restaurants, great bars, great football. Just the crabs. So many great memories of Annapolis. Yeah, Annapolis is like a real nice scale. It's very human. You can walk just about anywhere if you want to. And, of course, it's beautiful with the water all around. And, it is. Um, and sailing is a real part of life. For those who don't know... Maryland, uh, I spent much of my adult life there, and uh, the crabs, the Chesapeake Bay, the ocean hunt, all that stuff is such a huge part of the, the, the culture of uh, that part of Maryland. So it brings back great memories for me, but I, I want to talk about why you're joining us on the show. First of all, let me explain a little bit. Ray is a journalist. He is an author. He is not a law enforcement officer, and you know that most of the, the guests on our show are law enforcement officers, family members spouses or victims of violent crime there's such inspiration in their stories about what they've been through ray's joining us because he co-authored a book called operation devil horns and we'll go into details about the book in a moment but the person who co-authored the book is a federal agent a career law enforcement officer and he had to use a pen name it's not his real name michael santini i believe is the name on the co-author that's correct and it's not his real name because in law enforcement, whether it be state, county, local, federal, these agents don't have the same First Amendment rights 
while they're working as everybody else. And it's just the way things are. So he can't talk. So Ray's going to talk for him. And I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about what you've learned and about the book. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, I, I, you know, I started the project five years ago with my co-author, Michael, which is not his real name, Santini. And over the course of the five years of working on the project, I have to say that I did acquire a greater respect for the work done by law enforcement, the necessary aspect of it for public safety and the, the, the challenges and the hard work that law enforcement officers put in you know, day to day. I, I gained a greater appreciation personally just through the process of you know, diving deeply into the story. I appreciate you saying that. And that's, that's a rarity when it comes to, and I'm not saying this is a negative. uh, It's a rarity with people who aren't in the field. We all have the ability to make so many uh, judgments and opinions based off what we've seen on television, read in newspapers and all those things. But in, in the journalistic field, particularly in, Maryland, there's not always been a, a very pro law enforcement attitude. So when you say you've quite a new respect, we'll go into details about that a little bit later on. But I, I do appreciate that very, very much. Yeah, it's the truth. I mean, it. and I'm sure you've learned quite a bit. My wife, I was divorced shortly after retiring from the Baltimore Police Department, and I met my wife many years after retiring, and she's never really been in law enforcement, and and I don't talk about it much, but even now when I do, a little bit, she goes, I I never understood, I never had any concept of what law enforcement officers go through. And part of what is just for example, when I worked in narcotics for the city of Baltimore and detailed DEA, you know, I leave for work sometimes seven o'clock in the morning and not come back for, for two, three days because you're involved in, in a surveillance that was hot and you couldn't leave. And that's just the way it was. Homicide detectives, they get a call and they're on it 24, 48 hours or more nonstop. Uh, and, and people on the outside don't always see that. Yeah, I mean, well, there's few jobs that have that kind of intensity. I mean, not just the hours, but the the work, the nature of the work uh, itself is, you know, it's extremely intense. I mean, dealing with, you know, dangerous, uh, difficult, uh, you know, troubling situations. So it's not like your typical job, that's for sure. I mean, the only thing I guess I can compare it to is if you're in, in warfare. Or, Probably, you know. In the, yeah. And I'm not a combat veteran, and uh, I appreciate their service, but they're also, law enforcement tends to, and first responders tend to deal with aspects of society that people don't want to acknowledge that exist. And the severity of how intense these small pockets of the population are uh, is oftentimes overlooked for, for many reasons. Not necessarily bad, just many, many reasons. Operation Devil Horns is about a long-term intense investigation. Give us a bird's eye view of what it was about. Sure, so my co-author Michael, um, before he was a special agent uh, with HSI in San Francisco, he was a border patrol agent, so he kind of had that whole experience of dealing with the mayhem at the border. And then when he was reassigned to San Francisco, Shortly after 9-11, when, when uh, HSI was formed, and he became a special agent there, and quickly took a look around and, and uh, observed that in the Mission District of San Francisco, which is a 
really cool, you know, vibrant neighborhood with a large Latino population, that there was a very active presence of MS-13. I mean, their, their graffiti was all over. They pretty openly flew their col- gang colors, and, you know, they were pretty brazen about their... Um, you know, their presence on the street at the time. So he, he said about looking into what he could do as a, as a federal agent with, you know, immigration law enforcement authority to help tackle the problem. And he initially reached out to agents with a couple of gang task force officers with the SFPD to, to get the ball rolling because they, they have the, they had the experience with the gang. Mm-hmm for years prior so that's how he that's how the investigation got started and i'm sure it took a long time you know one of the things that in my limited experience with gangs is you know when you talk about ethnic gangs criminal gangs whether it be la casa nostra whether it be ms-13 whether it be any other group from another part of the united states or outside the united states uh, with a different language it's awfully hard to infiltrate those gangs uh it's easier i'm not saying it's 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 simple it's very hard but it's easier to infiltrate like the criminal motorcycle gangs because there's a different set of requirements for entry into the gang so this investigator was faced with a really steep hurdle how did he get to infiltrate the gang to begin to get more information yeah you're right i mean for all the reasons you said there's a different language it's a new insular culture i mean not not by because they want to be separate necessarily but they just they're new arrivals so yes you're right and how the way that he managed to infiltrate the gang was to flip gang members, existing gang members, because it's really difficult to introduce anybody new to the gang because they're they're very vigilant in terms of vetting the background. They'll, they'll go back to the home country in El Salvador, Honduras, you know, check who knows who, you know, are they legit? So that's how the gang manages, attempts to prevent informants. So that's how he managed to penetrate the gang was to uh, in the in the case of his first main informant he was a illegal immigrant from honduras who was arrested by sfpd for you know just jaywalking in the tenderloin district it was kind of a bogus charge but the the local sfpd officer i think recognized that he was a gang member with his tattoos and whatnot so he was arrested and while he was being held he was turned over to ice and Michael Santini then gained access to him and was ma- managed to persuade him that his best option was to turn informant rather than being deported to Honduras where he was already wanted by the gang they they would have killed him because he he had uh, disobeyed orders he had displeased the big homies as they're called so he was he had a he had a bullseye on his, on his back if he went back to Honduras so he, he by by offering him you know, protection to the extent that it could provided, possible protection after he turned state witness, and uh, you know maybe the the um, witness protection program possible. Anyway, he decided that was his best option was to to turn what the gang refers to as a rat. And that's a, a tool we use quite often. Uh, those minimal, very weak. Some people call them hump charges in, in Baltimore that uh, we would use misdemeanor charges for people we're known involved in criminal activity to gain a hammer over them to some degree or another. Folks, you listen to Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Hi, 
My name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Rates based on a man age 42 with no tobacco use of any form for 20 years. Policy number 25. Policy underwritten by various life insurance companies. Premium includes a $50 policy fee. Rates and underwriting criteria subject to change at any time. Not available in some states. You've heard those term life insurance ads with the rates read very low and at the end they have a long disclaimer read extremely fast. Why? Because most people like us will never qualify for those rates. It's just a way to get you to call. Listen, at the term lifeline we'll never quote you a low rate hoping you'll call. Then try to sell you something else. But we do promise to get you the best rates available on policies of $500,000 or more with professional service. Don't waste your valuable time. Get the real rates you want on term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more from the Term Lifeline. Call now. 800-957-6068. 800-957-6068. 800-957-6068. That's 800-957-6068. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 
That's 800-948-6817. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Home Security Advisors. Call 866-334-6387. They're online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Is your home as secure as it should be? If not, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387. There's no price you can put on safety and peace of mind for you and your family. Protect your valuables, gain remote access to your home, reduce your homeowner's insurance, and deter criminals. High-tech security options for low cost. To get more information, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387, or visit them online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Call 866-334-6387. That's 866-334-6387. 866-334-6387. Online at help dot lock it down today dot com back to our conversation with ray bulger author journalists talking about the book operation devil horns uh, where you chronicle the investigation of a pen name michael santini a federal agent who cannot talk and that's not his real name and, and we're, we understand that they can't come talk about those things. So I'm glad you are doing it for him and, and giving information the best you can. MS-13, tell us a little bit about this gang. I hear them mentioned quite a bit in the news. Well, they're, they're the generally accepted um, idea is that they were founded in L.A. by um, immigrants from El Salvador, many of whom were here illegally, um, uh, many escaping the turmoil of the civil wars that were happening down there at the time, which were, you know, quite devastating to those countries. So the the accepted history of MS-13 and their founding in L.A. is that they basically formed up to protect themselves, compete against uh, African-American and uh, Mexican-American gangs in L.A. So that's the initial founding of them. And then in L.A., there was a big um, roundup of gang members and deportation to El Salvador. and, um, And then the gang proliferated there. And since then, we've had kind of a back and flow, back and forth flow of gang members, you know, across the border, uh, coming across illegally. And they've spread out through the country. They spread through uh, what they refer to as cliques Mm -hmm. in different towns and cities. And they have a hierarchical structure from, as I said, the big homies in El Salvador, many of whom are in prison, but they still have cell phones and TVs and they talk to gang members up here and call shots through their uh, network. So it's a difficult uh, organization to crack as uh, uh, based on its the way it's structured. And, you know, they're a lot like many other criminal gangs from what my knowledge is, and they don't operate that much differently, but they have a reputation of being extremely ultra-violent, and some of that comes from uh, going through those, for lack of a better word, civil wars that they experienced in El Salvador, so violence was a way of life from very, very early on. 
I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. There's desensitivity violence. They have kind of another aspect. You know, their 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 symbol is devil horns. That's their gang symbol, hand gesture, hand sign. Um, there's kind of a you know a nihilism, a worship of the devil to the extent the individual gang members are really truly satanic. I don't really know. I think it's probably across the board. But they they have this you know commitment to a to just a destructive dark side. And, you know, they, they call it the beast, you know, and, and so this sort of um, desire to to be to be evil, to act evil, uh, you know, I think informs part of the, the shocking nature of, of the way that they brutalize victims and uh, mutilate their victims. They do. Um, they, they are very, very violent. I did not know about the satanic portion of that. Is is that widespread throughout the gang or do you think that's more just individual members? Well, again, I mean, their symbol is the devil. So, uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. And again, my, my personal opinion without having direct, a lot of direct contact with gang members is that like a lot of groups, I think there's some people take that stuff probably more seriously than others. Mm-hmm. But um, and like in the case of the clique that uh, Michael Santini targeted in San Francisco, which is they're called the 20th Street was their um, clique name. There were like a couple few leaders in the gang who, and one in particular, just, you know, just a psychopathic killer, you know, and so he found, he had a good home amongst, but even, um, you know, some of the other gang members were afraid of because he was yeah. such a, a whack. You know. It's a great tool to keep people away from you. When you talk talking about devil <laughs> stuff, I mean, a lot of people are like, no, nah, I think I'll leave that cat alone. I'm not a kind of guy I want to hang around with. How widespread are they throughout the United States? Estimates. Uh, the generally accepted, like FBI, DOJ numbers, is the ten thousand members in the U.S., um, which is, according to official statistics, um, fairly steady. You know, through the last decade or so, and that that's the best the best estimate of the total number. And then geographically, there's pockets where they're particularly thick um the dc northern virginia pg county maryland area is one uh, even in annapolis uh, there's an estimated 200 gang members um and then uh long island is a is a big hot spot and you know the president trump has been up there uh, uh highlighting that uh, you know california uh, those are some of them the but they are they are like in pockets all over and like I said, they're very violent. They may, it may not seem like a lot when you're talking about 10,000 nationwide. But when you have 10, 15, or 20 coming after you on, on the streets of Annapolis or L.A. or somewhere else, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because they come heavy and they come armed. And they this is not West Side Story we're talking about. This is not the Jets and the Sharks. Uh, it is a totally different ball game. And to be honest with you, as a former law enforcement officer, retired law enforcement officer, I, I investigated drug cocaine gangs in Baltimore and D.C. This is a, it, it's a fruit. We can talk about apples and oranges, but it's dramatically different than the type of investigations I did. Uh, so the type of work that Michael Santini and the other law enforcement officers did has to be mind-blowing. We'll talk about that when we come back. There's other challenges involved with this uh, investigation as well. We're talking with Ray Bulger, author, investigative journalist, author of Operation Devil Horns. You're listening to the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning, 
When you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 That's 800-948-6817 Driving means Freedom Exploration Fun Pride Flexibility Protection Friendship Independence Distracted driving means Danger. Recklessness. Irresponsible. Chaos. Police. Devastation. Injury. Death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Home Security Advisors. Call 866-334-6387. They're online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Is your home as secure as it should be? If not, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387. There's no price you can put on safety and peace of mind for you and your family. Protect your valuables, gain remote access to your home, reduce your homeowner's insurance, and deter criminals. High-tech security options for low cost. To get more information, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387, or visit them online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Call 866-334-6387. That's 866-334-6387. 866-334-6387. Online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Welcome back to the conversation with Ray Bolger, investigative journalist, author of the book Operation Devil Horns, chronicling an investigation in the Mission District of San Francisco by federal agent Michael Santini. That's a pen name, taking down a, a rather large section of MS-13. The fact that it was in San Francisco had to create more problems and challenges for Michael Santini and other law enforcement officers because of their sanctuary city basis. Did you find that to be the case for them? Certainly. I mean, you know, what San Francisco is considered to be maybe probably the most left or liberal jurisdiction in the country. And the level of adherence, the strictness of the sanctuary policy was such that the local police... Uh, SFPD, they were very wary of 
cooperating with, um, you know, federal immigration law enforcement, HSI, who um, um, Michael worked for, because if it, it could really be a career ender if they were um, viewed or perceived as cooperating in that way. So it, it was very difficult. And the way that uh, the way that Michael um, managed to get around that is he 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 made connections with a couple of gang task SSPD um, gang task force officers who basically helped them at the risk of their careers yeah. um, because they were, they had been dealing with the, the gang for years and they knew that you know the feds could bring down additional um, tools and hammers uh, to take them down so they stuck their neck out and they they helped him to to take the gang down but and, it was and the a federals risk. and then, the federal agents uh, their their federal charges bring a totally different weight as compared to state and local charges and they have at their disposal um, much more equipment a much bigger variety of equipment and manpower which makes some of these herculean tasks possible yeah, I mean, from, from what I understand, uh, you know better than I, but I mean, the local police, are their main job is they're continually, largely responding to 911 calls and, and you know, immediate crises and um, typically don't have the, the time and right. resources, as you said, to put into... No, the and they don't. Scale. And it's the difference between, you know, local law enforcement, I say local, I mean, you know, like Baltimore City, county, state, uh, they have to handle the situations as they arise. So the, the manpower is devoted to that. The federal agents typically pick and choose the type of tasks and the work they want to do. So their workflow is based more on what they choose to get involved with and what matches their priorities. As compared to local law enforcement, they have to handle everything when it's occurring. So they don't get to pick and choose the same way. Yeah, indeed. I mean, you know, Mike, Michael uh, would would tell you himself that he he wanted to um, he wanted to put together a RICO case. You know, I mean, it's a it's that's a huge feather in the cap of a special agent, and and it is a tool to to break up a large organization that doesn't the local um, police and the jurisdictions don't have, and 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 it's it's effective. And in this case, it worked. I mean, the, there's you know over three dozen um, gang members in federal prison for long terms. You know. For those who don't understand, basically explain what racketeering or RICO is. Right, RICO is a it's a federal charge, and it's essentially um, based on proving that a group is involved in conspiracy together to commit crimes. So that is what Michael, um, the the case that Michael and the prosecutors put together in Operation Devilhorns successfully because um the gang the, you know over three dozen gang members uh were convicted and are serving long long-term prison that's a sizable amount prison. You know, and the rico is a, it's a great tool for for certain organizations one of the things you you said that i think should be clarified because i hear people say all the time why don't the police just do their job it's like the police in san francisco you said a great personal risk their careers they got involved they have to walk on eggshells and it's easier said than done when you are a married man or woman and you have you know a spouse and children and you're dependent on your pay and you're dependent on also your benefits like health insurance you can't run the risk of being suspended without pay and losing everything so these local officers really stuck their neck out and they walked a fine line trying to find the balance between city policy and uh, helping federal agents. 
Yeah, indeed. And there was a, a captain of the Mission District precinct. Um, he his career was uh, stalled out um, when when it was determined that he had been um, cooperating with uh, Santini on Operation Devil Horns. So. And that's and all he did was was help a federal agent investigate a violent criminal gang. We're not talking politics. We're not talking about partisan politics, which I you know, I abhor to begin with, to, to be honest with you. We're talking about ultra violent criminal gang and this captain helped assist a federal law enforcement agent and basically his career was penalized yep it happens it happens all the time sad to say and it happens more often than people would believe Uh, tell people where they can get the book it's available anywhere books are sold. As I say, it's on Amazon. Um, the publisher's Roman and Littlefield. It's available there. It's in um, both hardback and Kindle versions, as well as audio version. There's been a really excellent um, audio version done by a good actor who did a really great job reading. So it's uh, uh, in bookstore, Amazon, wherever you, wherever people get books. It's called Operation so. Devil Horns. And by the way, I received the copy you sent me. I just haven't had a chance to crack it open yet. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, give us an overview of your career prior to doing this. Sure. Yeah, I've spent most of my career as a journalist um, on all different types of beats. Um, you know, everything from technology and business and finance and crime uh, to an extent in local crime uh, uh, news for local newspapers in Baltimore County when I when I got started as a reporter so th- I kind of circled back around when I got involved in in this in this uh, story which is bigger than any story that I ever worked as a uh, crime story as a reporter so um, and how long did it take uh, you to it, write the book you said it was a five years well, well, we started on it five years ago. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, ups and downs. And, and this is this particular project, um, first of all, we wanted to get it right, um, do the right research, make the story tight, which I think it is. And um, we started five years ago on it. You know, there's aspects of making sure that um, while we tell the, the facts of the case and tell a good story that that the uh, there's nothing in it that would endanger for example the the conviction right. of the of the bad guys and so yeah it's been a, a, a long in the works but it's been a great fascinating interesting project and um, it's uh, it's been great for me it's been a, as I said enlightening and um, just a really uh, fun uh, fun's the wrong word yeah. uh, fascinating I'm sure yeah. it was a lot of intense work as well uh, we are talking with Ray Bulger author of the book Operation Devil Horns about the takedown of uh, many members of MS-13 based in San Francisco California by a federal agent uh, pen name Michael Santini that's not the agent's real name you're listening to Law Enforcement Today's show we're going to take a short break <laughs> Rates based on a man age 42 with no tobacco use of any form for 20 years. Policy number 25. Policy underwritten by various life insurance companies. Premium include a $50 policy fee. Rates and underwriting criteria. Subject to change at any time. Not available in some states. You've heard those term life insurance ads with their rates read very low. And at the end, they have a long disclaimer read extremely fast. Why? Because most people like us will never qualify for those rates. It's just a way to get you to call. Listen, at the term lifeline, we'll never quote you a low rate hoping you'll call. Then try to sell you something else. But we do promise to get you the best rates of available on policies of $500,000 or more with professional service. Don't waste your valuable time. Get the real rates you want on term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more from the Term Lifeline. Call now.
That's 800-957-6068. Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing. Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from Maryland, we have Ray Bulger on the phone. Ray is an investigative journalist and author of the book Operation Devil Horns about the takedown of many members of the MS-13 gang. Uh, Ray, where can people get the book? Um, anywhere books are sold, any bookstore, if they don't have it, they can order it. It's available on Amazon. It's um, in hardback, Kindle, and also an audio version. One of the things you said early on that really jumped out to me, and I I don't want to say this in a negative, and I'm not going to say it as uh, the typical stereotypical uh, journalistic approach towards law enforcement. You said that when you were writing the book and and doing the investigation with Michael Santini, pen name, that you developed a new appreciation that you didn't have for law enforcement. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so the way I originally got involved in the project was through a, um, a common friend of, of Michael's and mine, um, Steve Oliveira. He was a Naval Academy grad and a Navy pilot and a filmmaker. Um, and those two are boyhood friends. And Steve um, suggested that um, I, I get together with um, Michael to, to do the book. And my initial reaction was, you know, that I wasn't really interested in it because um, I didn't really want to do a book that was going to glorify a cop, mm-hmm. right? So um, that was my initial reaction, and that's not unusual. Is, that for for that line of work, that's really not uncommon. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it is true uh, that most, in my experience, most professional journalists, at least like in the DC Beltway area, not all, but I, I think easily a easily a majority um, would you lean to the left politically? Have kind of a 
you know, an, um, somewhat a skeptical or, or, you know, somewhat negative. You know, and this is stereotypical. I'm, I don't mean to paint a broad brush here, but anyway, you're right. I, you know, I'm not saying it's a negative. I get it because it's a it's a pervasive attitude. Uh, and, and, you know, that goes both ways. The law enforcement community doesn't always view journalists in a fair-minded way as well so you know it's it's a double-edged sword right so but you know so my initial reaction was no i'm not interested and then i go okay well i started looking into it getting to know michael realizing the intensity and and um you know drama of the story frankly from a from as a writer um and the and the fact that it's real and, and um I, I couldn't resist you know and so i dove in um you know became friends with michael you know um in the process of, of this work that we've done together um to to produce the, the book operation devil horns and uh so i've got a you know five years later a different take on things um you know i've gained respect for the work that law enforcement does i mean uh, and it's obviously w- w- where would we be if we didn't <laughs> if we didn't yeah. have yeah uh, i don't even want to imagine what it'd be like but uh, <laughs> You know, people have a certain mindset about what law enforcement officers are like, you know, and and there's a lot of stereotypes out there, and some of them are true, some of them are not, and some are grossly exaggerated, and that holds true with every segment of society. What would you say would be the biggest surprise to you that that kind of changed your mind, or you're like, I never would have thought this about them? Well, in particular, I mean, there there were, as I got into the story and realized, like, what had occurred how violent and dangerous some of these gang members were in, in some that's in some points i was almost like became found myself being like having a, a even a more aggressive or, or hard harder um you know um view of like uh, how to deal with this problem in, in terms whereas uh, you know i perceived michael come came to perceive him as like you know a caring um uh, you know, rounded um, person, right? Mm-hmm. So, in in some ways, I was almost like, wait a minute, the, the roles are reversed here now. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a weird. You know, I don't know if I'm uh, making myself clear, but yeah, that, no, you, know, you so are. That's, for sure, so. you're making yourself clear because there, there was, you know, when I was a kid, there was. Um, you know, an attitude out of Hollywood and the media in general, uh, whether it be print or, or film or whatever it might be, that the police were the good guys and they were never viewed as bad. And then for for many different reasons throughout the late 60s and 70s, especially with the civil rights movement and horrendous behavior by law enforcement agencies, that attitude began to change. And it seems like we've gone to the other end of the spectrum, that it's law enforcement is often viewed as the antithesis of everything that's good and uh, they're horrible people. And that's not true. It's not an accurate representation of what they're like. Right. Uh, do you think it might have something to do with sort of characters like Dirty Harry and that kind of um, like you know um, that kind of to take no prisoners, uh, you know, uh, looking to to uh, you know um, pull the trigger whenever he gets you know. Uh, do you think maybe the popular media media maybe? Is, I'm, I'm thinking it has more to do with uh, at least for me uh, visions of Birmingham, Alabama during uh, the civil rights demonstrations uh, and and the. the the, the canine dogs and the water hoses and, right. you know that's Old. I think were a big part of P- 
people's mindset began to change. And, you know, what happens is we hear all the time, the police, as if the police in Baltimore or the police in San Francisco or the police in Dallas or Birmingham are all the same. It's one big homogenized group of people. They're all like-minded. And it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, there's individuals in the organizations just like every other organization. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's a tough grind, you know, and uh, uh, so whether it be right or wrong, we as a profession have been struggling to counter and undo a lot of the images that were brought about due to the, the actual behavior of, of law enforcement agencies back in the 60s and 70s. And to some degree, some of what you saw on television in the movies, Dirty Harry, you know, that, that movie just makes me laugh. You know, Magnum Force, all those <laughs> make me laugh. Uh, the most accurate police show that I can remember growing up or watching over the last 30, 40 years was Hill Street Blues and then Barney Miller. Those two, in my opinion, were the absolute closest to reality. Well, I think your show does does a great service in this regard. And, you know, I mean, with the Internet and the ability to, um, you know, have a voice uh, on these issues um, from all different perspectives and um, what you're doing, I think, is, 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 is important. You know, in that well, thanks. Ray, appreciate everything you've done. Tell us more about the book uh, before we close. Where can people get more information? Where they, can they buy it? Yeah, again, I mean, you, it's uh, on Amazon, uh, in bookstores. If bookstores don't have it, they can order it. It's available in hardback um, edition currently and Kindle. And it's also an audio version, which is um, read by the actor John McClain, who did a really, I think, fabulous job of reading. And, um, uh, you know, he did uh, – the, the book re- reads like um, a story, a narrative, yeah. almost like a novel or, a, you know, each chapter is – like a scene or a group of scenes, one leading to the next. And that's the way we crafted it. That's the way he did a wonderful job of reading it and reading the voices of different characters when they appear. So yeah, it's available in hardback, um, Kindle and audio. And where can people get more information about you as an author and journalist? Um, so there's some background on uh, OperationDevilHorns.com about me and the book. It's OperationDevilHorns, all one word, dot com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so between those two sites, there's more info about me and my, and my background. Ray Bolger, thanks so very much for joining us on the Law Enforcement Show, and thanks so much for all your effort in writing this book. Very much appreciated. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity, Jay. In every community across the United States, towns, cities, states, we have law enforcement officers. We have first responders. We have incredible stories of heroism from our first responders. If you want to tell your story, feel free to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. We made it so easy to get a hold of us, too. There's many different ways. Go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. The Contact Us page is the webpage. Heck, send me an email. My email address is j, that's J-A-Y, at lawenforcementtoday.com. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya.